Excuse me. Has anybody seen That was a joke about the world being flat, right? Was it? Why does it seem like the further we go back in history, the more advanced we were? You're telling me people were so primitive they took a hammer and chisel and made this? President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. When we were successful, we were We had a real chance at this new world order. Welcome, fellow truthers and conspiracy junkies, to another episode of White Rabbit. I am your host, Catalyst Jones. We got Sean Chris in the co-pilot seat with me. What's up, brother? What's good, bro? Man, I'm pretty excited about this show. We have Ron from the Wicked Planet podcast on here, and I've been listening to your show for, well, ever since you were on uh, Kill the Mockingbirds. I think I might have heard you on Tinfoil Hat, if I'm not mistaken, as well. Yeah, that was, uh, I want to say back in November. Uh, no. No, no, no. I don't know. It was a few months ago. <laughs> you know what? I'm having such a hard time keeping track of time right now. It's insane. Everything is going by so fast. And it seems yeah. like uh, there's one big, huge thing in the news. And then two days later, there's another even bigger, huge thing in the news. So it's like, fuck, dude, time is just going by crazy. So uh, so what's up? Uh, what are you into, Ron? Like when I heard you talk on uh, Kill the Mockingbirds, you seem to know a lot about a lot. Well, you know, it's kind of funny, you know, uh, like I've always said this, like I'm an older guy, like I'm way older than all you guys, right? I'm, I'm going to be 59 years old this year. So, so, uh, so I've been into all this, like, since I was a little kid, like, like forever, like, I've always been into weird subjects, you know, and, and I think I, and I think I know why, you know, uh, I found out when I was very young that I was a direct descendant of John Proctor, who was hung in the Salem witch trials. Oh, so, so that kind of, uh, and on the Wicked Planet, we're going to be doing a whole series on the Salem witch trials, uh, because I have a family connection there, and, and and we're not far from Salem where I am here, uh, because when our family left Salem, they came to New Hampshire, uh, our branch of the family, the Proctor branch. So were you? So pretty... anyways, so so that got me really interested in kind of weird stuff. So would you say that that was like your first uh, rabbit hole that really got you intrigued into uh, there's more to this world than what we're told? You know what? You would think so, but no. It was just something, it was just a matter-of-factly thing in our family. You know what I mean? I mean, my mom's a proctor. I mean, uh, John Proctor was my eighth great-grandfather. I actually got the I got the charts right here, sitting right, <laughs> sitting right here. That's I awesome. All, I got all the charts right there to back that up. So but I, but I, but anyways, no, you know what? I, what my first thing was aliens. Okay. Aliens, UFOs, Bigfoot, and I'm still. If you guys ever listen to our show, like or see me, uh, and it's more like I talk more about it when I go on other shows because I really like going on other shows, uh, like what we're doing tonight, right? But the Bigfoot thing is really big for me, and it's and it, and it even gets bigger. Like every like every month, I hear something more. I learn something more about it. And, you know, we had a brief discussion before you hit record. Uh, we've got an investigation that we're going to be doing. I actually have Evan, the New Hampshire re uh, Sasquatch researcher guy, comes into the show every few months. So it, that's a hot topic for me. You know, and I've said this on other shows, but it all started with the TV show In Search Of. Okay. Mm. Yeah, like the original In Search Of. Yeah. 
Yeah, because they did a remake. And and what was cool about In Search of was that was narrated by uh uh yeah. Leonard Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy, yeah, sorry. Uh sometimes my brain just I had a long day. <laughs> Well, it's been but a crazy anyways, week uh, too. <laughs> yeah. So, so, and we know him as uh, Spock on Star Trek, mm-hmm. right? Right. So, when I was a kid, like Star Trek was a was a cool show. That was like a very popular show, you know. And then it was all these other ones that I was interested in. But, uh, but that's kind of what got me started on it. But the but the the revamp of In Search of was actually done by Leonard Nimoy's son. So he took that and he did a later version of In Search of that you can get. It's on demand. You can find it or you can find it on YouTube. But so, nothing, not, nothing beats the original. Interesting story. When I uh, when I was going to school in L.A. <clears throat> after high school, I, I had met a buddy who was Jewish and uh, he invited me to a bar mitzvah. And I was like, man, I don't want to go to a fucking bar mitzvah. <laughs> and he was like, Leonard Nimoy is going to be there. And I was like, OK, I'll go. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? That's crazy. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, a breath so- of fresh air because most people that we have on and I ask them, you know, what opened their eyes, uh, I would say 98% of them say 9-11. So, yeah. <laughs> so I, that's true. <laughs> I love aliens and cryptids and all that shit because when I was little, man, I saw a movie. I don't know if you guys remember this movie called Fire in the Sky about, yeah, sure. about uh, Travis Walton, I believe was yep. his name. Yep. And uh, I grew up out in the woods like i lived in a in the sierra nevadas and uh scared the fucking shit out of me and i would have dreams where aliens were standing over me all the time after i saw that movie and it was probably just my mind playing tricks on me but when i tell that to some people they're like you were probably being visited yeah you know a lot of that's that's a heavy heavy area like isn't that where the sierra sounds were recorded yeah so there's yeah. a lot, lot of stuff going on up there. I also, yeah. uh, I also saw a cryptid up there once before. Me and my buddy were uh, riding our bikes on our way home, and uh, he turned and and we were we were going down this uh, incline, and he just started pedaling. And usually we would just coast down this thing. And he he said, "Oh shit!" And he just started pedaling his bike as fast as he could. And I looked over and I saw what I could make out is eyes. And I won't say that they were glowing like extremely, like where it was completely obvious, but it was obvious enough to where you could make out that they were eyes. And it scared the shit out of me. And we we went, my house was almost a mile away. By the time we got to our house, we, we were booking it the whole way. And uh, I asked him what he saw and sure shit, he saw the same exact thing that I did. Now I can't confirm what it could, you know, be our minds playing tricks on us but i thought it was very interesting that he described exactly what i saw but you saw something absolutely it was something. yeah you definitely saw something now, now i haven't no admittedly i haven't seen anything with my own eyes and i spent a lot of time in the woods growing up because i grew up in the time before social media before video games and i mean actually you know television we had like maybe four channels I mean, that was before UHF channels were even available up here in New Hampshire. I mean, that was like a Southern New Hampshire, Massachusetts thing. Yeah, you didn't get any cool channels. But In Search Of was on like one of the major channels. It was only on once a week. So that was like a big deal for me to make sure I was ready to rock and roll, had my drink and my snacks and yeah. had all my homework done and I would watch that. But, but you know, just like that, when you say, you know, you saw something when you were a kid. Now, I may have experienced things when I was a kid that maybe I just can't remember now. Right. You know what I mean? But, but I would, you know, everybody says like Buckley, like Buckley fights me on this, like all the time. And, and it's just how he was raised to be very skeptical. And that's why he works good on the show. Yep. And it's actually a good dynamic when him and anonymous Sean are both on the show at the same time. 
but but when you when you think back right you you say okay i've i've spent all this time out in the woods right and i've seen some yeah maybe a lot of deer like see deer i saw a deer on my way up to my house tonight uh before i came back down to the studio you know that's just normal bear we have bear like literally all over the place i got one that comes down and visits my house every like once a week but you know, like Buckley says, when we go out and if I see something, I'll be a 100% believer. But until I see something, I won't be a believer. Well, there's a lot of Bigfoot researchers that, that are like heavy duty into this that have never, ever seen a Bigfoot. Yep. You know what I mean? I, I mean, it, it is it is just what it is. And, and I and I believe like, like, I, okay, so I'm getting a little tongue tied here. So I believe like, like, is it, it's Brad, right? Uh, Catalyst, yeah. Yeah, catalyst. Sorry, uh, what you said, like, like you see something, but then maybe there's a cloaking Bigfoot that maybe, maybe you think you see something, but you don't see it, and it's just like I tell deer hunters, like you saw that deer because that deer screwed up, or that deer let you see him. I said yeah. the same thing. I said the same thing about bobcats the other night. Bobcats, we have big cats up here. They will let you see them. If they don't want you to see them, you're not going to see them. I think the same thing goes for Bigfoot. Yeah, definitely. I, I 100% agree with that. And plus, like me, I've never seen like a cryptid, but uh, for a while, especially when I was younger, I see I saw a lot of shadow people, like shadow like uh figures. I always uh, then I started getting into that the like whole like uh, AM radio and listening to a lot of the shows on there where they were talking about shadow people and the dimensions that they live in. And I've had uh the, the craziest experience I had was in Mexico. I I had like uh, uh, I went to Mexico uh, in Sanada. Uh, everybody got there. I went to lay down in my room that I was lay, laying down in. It was in the, and it was inside the actual city. It wasn't in a hotel. It was my friend had a house out there, their family house. Lay down the bed and I felt a slap on my back. And no drinking, no smoking. Like I literally, because we just got there, we're gonna party the next day, you know. So I had no nothing in my system. Just w try to, and I thought it was one of them fucking with me. And then uh, I turned, I turned the light on and looked to me uh, to look to the left, and I saw a shadow figure. But uh, this is the first time I saw a shadow figure uh, with a descriptive face. Like I could tell it had a beard. I could tell it looked older. It, it was it was pretty trippy. And then I was just like, well, I don't know what to fucking do about this. So I just turned the light off and went back to sleep. Yeah, you know. Uh <laughs> Mexico has a lot of lore. Mm -hmm. They have a they have a lot because you know these Spanish people, you know, or even the indigenous Mexicans like uh, the Maya and in, in the indigenous indigenous Indians there, like they have lore that goes back for literally thousands of years. And when you look back at some of the old artifacts and stuff, and just some of the stuff that's depicted in those old artifacts, I mean that makes you ask questions. Oh, I mean, definitely. there's definitely more going on to than what meets the eye right now. Like, like we've talked about this before, right, Sean? Like, mm -hmm. there, there, there are things out there. Like when people say that oh, we're living in the matrix or a simulation or whatever, yeah, there could be some truth to that. But what I'm saying is, it's it's if there is a veil. Like if you could see on the other side of that veil, of what's really here, I think that would scare the shit out of you. And and here's my. And here's my thought on psychedelics and on I was drugs. Just gonna ask you about DMT. Okay. Okay. I've never done DMT, but I'm definitely willing to try it. But when I was a kid, I watched in the first my first introduction into this was the movie Altered States. And Altered States was about this professor that went to South America to uh research what what we know now as ayahuasca. 
And he went in and, and these uh, shamans took him in and they, and they basically put him through a trip. And what he saw just like totally was amazing to him and freaked him out or whatever. Right. So I just took that, that made me, that started my whole thought process on the whole deal. So do they not want us to do drugs because drugs open up the veil? They yeah. let us see, they let us see behind the curtain to see what Oz really is. I think that there's right? some validity and without, to that. And without drugs, we see just what they want us to see, what we're programmed to see. Like get up, go to work, do your job, do this, pay your bills. There's way, there's way more to life than that. And, and when people start taking a different approach to life, maybe, maybe they can start seeing. Now I'm not recommending people go out there and do acid trips every day, but I think, but I think if you could get yourself in a safe environment where you know you're going to be safe. And I think if you wanted to experiment with some of this stuff, I think it would be not only uh, mind changing, but life changing as, as to when you come off of that, when you see what is behind that veil. And that's always, always kind of been my theory on the whole drug thing, especially when you start getting into stuff like, you know, psilocybin mushrooms, you know, mm -hmm. uh, LSD, which I've never, ever done LSD, but I was known to do a fair amount of mushrooms in my younger days. Uh, Never really was much into smoking pot. I mean, I mean, I like to dabble with it a little bit. I mean, I mean, my stepson, he that kid is like knows everything there is about growing pot. And, and, and that stuff that he comes home with is like because uh, he kill us, he works up in Maine, like where it's legal. Yeah. And uh he and he'll bring he'll bring a little home and he'll say, Oh, do you want to try some? I'm like, Yeah. So so I'll do that, and then I'll just <laughs> I'll just sit down in my lazy boy. And then all of a sudden I can just feel it taking hold. Right. And it's like, all my pain goes away. Everything goes away. And then you start your, your mind gets, you, you leave them part of your mind behind us thinking about work and your job and your bills and the kids and this and that. And it just makes you think about just like one thing that you can hone in on and just focus on. And I mean, and it changes your entire thought process. Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm a graphic designer. And <clears throat> when when I smoke weed, I can focus on what I'm designing. And it always comes out so much better than mm -hmm. when I'm clear headed. Uh, unfortunately, I'm going through this uh, sobriety thing right now. So I haven't smoked weed in a long time. But um, even with a clear mind, man, it, you can you can do a lot as long as you can train your brain to focus on the things that you want it to focus on. And I think that with the everyday uh, life stuff that you were just talking about, um, not to mention the foods that we're eating, the stuff yeah. that they're spraying in the skies, all these things are designed to uh, to deplete your mental state uh, and, also not, I'll and say, your physical state. Also, I'll say like with the drug thing, I think it's um, uh, if it's more ceremonial, like, you know what I mean? Like the way we do it, like when we do it as a way of partying, it's a completely different feel because you're going into it a different way you're like oh i'm trying to just party and i think that they've made it to either don't do it or it should be a party when it's more ritual you know what i mean like when you're smoking weed or taking mushrooms and you actually use it as the ritual that maybe was intended to have i think you'll definitely have a better insight of what's behind the veil yeah you know i think i think if you go uh exactly sean so if you go into a situation where you're just out partying with your friends and you're just drinking and doing drugs and i mean and i did that like in my 20s I mean, I don't want to get into it really because I know my mom listens to a lot of these shows that I'm on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my mom's 84 years old. She's no dummy. 
but yeah. but what but what I'm saying is, uh, if she knew kind of the stuff I was into, uh, yet able to show up here uh, at the shop at eight o'clock every day and do my job every day, like day in and day out, six days, you know, I didn't let it affect anything like that. But uh, but you experience a lot of things. However, if you go into it with the idea that okay, I'm going to do this basically and and get myself into a meditational type of trance, I I think that's different than going into a party situation where you just want to hang out with your friends and see who can get messed up the most or whatever. Yeah. Which, which really wasn't really that productive. Right. No, but, not at all. But, but I mean, if you, if you're using them, uh, using psychedelics in the way that they're intended to be used for, uh, like you say, a spiritual thing or ritualistic thing or whatever, I think that's when you can really, you have to be in that mindset. You're going to have to experience things that you normally wouldn't experience. Right. And I actually have an idea in Catalyst. You maybe, maybe this is something you might want to try if you're going through a sobriety, sobriety thing. Uh, and my hat's off to you if, if you're doing that and you're being successful. Uh, we have a lot of addiction in my family. I, for one, uh, was not afflicted with that. So I can drink for days and not drink for six months. I can smoke a little weed and not smoke weed for a year. You know what I mean? I've just, I never had that addictive personality. But I had this idea. And check this out. I haven't told too many people about this. Have you guys ever heard of scrying with no. mirrors? Okay, scrying is like, uh, and, and hopefully I can explain it so you know, properly. But it's looking into a, a mirror and, and kind of gazing into a mirror or whatever. And, and if you can get yourself into this meditational trance and, and you can look into this mirror, you're supposed to be able to see things, even see into the future see uh in, into other dimensions and things like that so that's something that i kind of wanted to experiment with because i do have dreams where i swear to god i go to a different a different like a parallel realm oh absolutely now, now everybody yeah everybody says oh i have dreams you know i have dreams everybody has weird dreams dude i have weird dreams and it reminds me of the movie inception Oh, and yeah. I don't know if you and I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this, but I God strike me dead if I'm making this up. I've experienced it twice. Having a dream. And I always have dreams with my dad in it. And my dad's been gone for like 12 years. He was almost 80 years old when he passed away. But when he comes to me in my dreams, it's like he's younger, like when I was a little kid. It's how I remember him when I was a little kid. Now, I'm talking four or five years old. Like, that's how old he is in the dream, right? And we'll be off doing something or whatever. And then you wake up from that dream, right? And when you wake up from that dream, you're like, man, that was that was really weird. And you're trying to analyze it or whatever. And then you wake up from that dream. Oh, yeah. Yep. A dream within a dream that's happened to me twice. I've been in other dreams when I swear to God that I am me, but I'm a different version of me. And you know how they talk about that parallel universes? Like you could all be the same person in multiple parallel universes. You're the same, but you're a little different. Yeah. And that's what I experience when I go into dreams. And sometimes I dream so heavily that when I wake up in the morning, I am totally exhausted. Well, I think if you go into scrying, you can achieve that same dreamlike state 
while you're awake. And I even was going to go as far as building a climate controlled box, right? Like just put it in my cellar, paint it all black on the inside, you know, obviously have some to keep the temperature just right. Like, so it's not too hot and not too cold. Actually, it's a better, I think it's better. They say if, if you let it get a little cool, like if you're a little cooler than normal, but put a mirror in front of you on a wall, like a, like a full-size mirror and you just sit in a chair, you really relax and you just stare into your eyes of your reflection in the mirror. And I've tried this on several occasions, not like in this box deal that I'm going to build. And it can, it gets a little freaky. I'm not going to lie. So it gets uh, a little, and I'm talking, I'm talking catalyst stone sober. Right. Stone yeah. Sober. We had a, yeah. Sean, do you remember when we had a Theric Odyssey on the yep. first time and she was talking, well, she, she called it something else. She called it a uh, mirror gazing. And she said that if you stare into the mirror long enough that you will start to see things and it scares the shit out of people. Exactly. Exactly. And what about the theory of antique mirrors? Yeah. There's a whole story that goes about antique mirrors. Now, years ago, I bought an antique bedroom set, like when I was married to my first wife. So this goes back quite a few years. Nice, like really big post, big poster bed, you know, with the big posts, the four posts. And this beautiful curved front bureau with this huge mirror on top of it. And and, and I always used to tell my wife, and now I'm talking about my first wife, and I would tell her, I'm going to get rid of that mirror. My wife was a little freaky, like in the sack. Yeah. <laughs> so she's like, oh, no, I like the mirror. I'm like, yeah, I know you like the mirror for that reason. I'm telling you that mirror freaks me out. Because it would freak me out so much that if I got up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom, I would not look into that mirror. Because it freaked me out so much that I was afraid that I was going to look into that mirror and see something in that mirror in another dimension looking back at me. I feel that there is something to that because I feel like when you feel those things, it's uh, it's telling you something. Because I, I, I truly think that, especially with antique stuffs, it has its own personality and, and it can absorb the energies that it's been living through. And and for a mirror, you can only imagine the things that a mirror can see and absorb if there's any truth to that. Um, and uh, I, I've definitely had certain objects that my parents had in the house that I wouldn't look at. Like there was a, a painting of uh, my grandmother holding uh, my dad as a as a baby, and that thing would freak me out. And and it was a beautiful painting, but I don't know why, but it scared the crap out of me. And like you said, when you get up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night there's no way i could look at that thing because it would just it would terrify me i wanted to get back to dreams because yeah. i'm curious i i have uh dreams very often where um I, all my dreams are usually frantic either i'm trying to save somebody or somebody is chasing me mm-hmm. and i'm trying to save myself and very often in these dreams i'm able to uh fly not fly like superman but like i can i can levitate up onto like things that i shouldn't be able to and <clears throat> nobody around me when i do this seems to notice like that it's out of the norm and and so i don't know i'm questioning and i and i, I go to these places that are very familiar to me every time i'm like i've been here before mm-hmm. and and uh so I've always had that theory too, that I'm, I'm 
I'm going into a different dimension when I'm dreaming and people say, Oh, it's just a dream. It's not real. Well, is it not real? No, I totally agree because uh, like you were saying, Ron, uh, my dad died like 27 years ago. Right. And just recently, like in the past week or so, probably two weeks, uh, I had a dream and I hadn't had a dream about him in a while, you know, like it had like kind of gone away. I had a dream about him, but he was like, it was almost like he was like, um, a different it was him but like something was wrong with his brain like he couldn't communicate as well uh and and i was trying to like explain stuff to him but then i woke up i woke up from that into this other dream where like uh all this chaos was happening and all this gas was like like gas was flooding where we're at and and these things were trying to attack us and the thing all i could do was i was like i have to light this match and blow everything up to save everybody else and then i wake up i mean that's just kind of the gist of it it was a little bit more than that because my dreams are very vivid and detailed and and through the years i've asked people like oh you know people are like oh man and I saw this or if you see a fish like the other day I had a dream and, and as you said like all these people are in my dream that like like I know them and I don't know them like people I've never seen like hey what's up Gerald hey what's up like I don't know these people uh but my boss was actually in my dream and there was a tiger uh going after everybody but for some reason it wouldn't didn't really want me and it just started mauling my boss and then we had to like try to get this tiger off of him and sometimes I I I Say, oh, well, I watch a lot of movies. I watch a lot of stuff before I go to bed. Maybe that influences, but I really do believe in the dimension thing, like that mm. we're going, it, it, it's some alternate universe because it seems like so familiar to me. And, and when I wake up, it's like, like you said, I'm exhausted. And it could be six hours, eight hours of sleep that I got, and I'm exhausted. Hey, have Ron, you I'm ever? Curi- Ron, I'm curious. Did you have dreams uh, with your dad in them before he passed, or did this uh, start no. happening after the fact? No, never. No, it was always since he's been passed. And like I said, every time, every time he's in my dream, he's like when he was 30 years old, which is, which is really freaky. You know what I mean? That part of it. But have you ever thought of, okay, so, so Sean, like when you say you get to, if you ever notice that when you're in a dream and you get to that, the pinnacle of the action, right? You wake up. Yes. Every time. Okay, so I always so I always had this theory on that. Okay, so say you were able to overcome that pinnacle and continue the dream, would you be trapped in that realm? Mm. That's that's some that is something I always question because it's like, and I mean, not not to keep bringing sex into things, but even you've probably all had them. Yep. Have you have a dream? You're in bed with a lady, and you know you're getting down, you're doing your thing, and right, right right at the pinnacle and you wake up. Yep. It's like, okay, so that's an example. And then, and in the dream, like you say, you had to light this match and you were getting ready to do that. Now imagine if you dreamt through that and you were able to light that match, what would have happened? And it all, and it always seems like when you're having a dream, like you have different types of dreams and I'm going to get back to catalyst when he was talking about the flying in the dream. Uh, because I've got an interesting thing I w- I'll share with you guys on that. But say, say you're having these dreams, and, and and you ever you ever notice how you have certain types of dreams? You're just off doing whatever, and, and nothing with the dream makes sense. Like like it's a total, it's like a uh, Tarantino movie. Yeah, like it's total, it's totally nonlinear. It's like you're here, then you're there, you're bouncing, you're like a pinball in a pinball. Machine, yeah, right? yeah. Then you have dreams that are on a particular timeline. And, and, and when you're on this timeline, right, 
everything is just going normal. Everything's good, but you're doing things that you wouldn't normally be doing. Like you say, you run into people that you know perfectly, perfectly well in the dream. But once you wake up, you're like, who the hell was that? I have no idea who yeah. that was. Right. But, but you ever notice like when you get into the chaotic type of dreams where you're being chased by something, how it has a, it's more realistic. And, and here's what happens to me. And this, what's really weird. And, and this is the only cryptid experience I've had in a dream. Excuse me on this property uh, where my business is, we have a big farm up here and we have a big barn in my, in this, the barn has always freaked me out. As a matter of fact, Buckley's brother, Kellen, is from uh, Austin, Texas. Well, he's from here, but he lives in Austin. Every time he comes home, we do a paranormal investigation here because this place, when we say it's a haunted garage, like we're not joking. So anyways, we did this investigation up in the barn and he picked up all kinds of stuff on his REM pods, on his EMF meters, at, like even on his recording. I mean, we got all kinds of stuff up there. Anyway, so in my dream, I'm coming out to the end of the barn. And when you come out to the end, now this barn is huge. I come out to the end of the barn and if you look up the hill, up on the very top of the hill, we have a cemetery here. Uh, and it's a cemetery that dates back to uh, early 1800s. And uh, and as a matter of fact, I have a my yard crew, like they, I make sure they take really good care of the cemetery. Like they cut all the brush out of it. They rake it. They keep it nice. Uh, in this dream, I remember looking up the top of the hill and seeing the cemetery and then all of a sudden, I see something that appears to be a werewolf come out of the cemetery. And he's looking right at me. Now, I mean, this is a distance. Yeah. Like, like if you were running from the cemetery to the back of the barn, it would take you three to five minutes. I mean, it's that far away. And I can remember him seeing me. And then he starts running towards me. He starts running towards me. Now I'm getting, he's about halfway. I'm starting to panic. So I reach over and it just happens to be a rifle there. So I grab this rifle, which there's never a rifle in the barn. I mean, we have too many kids around here. We don't leave guns laying around. So I grab this rifle, right? And I'm trying to put the ammunition into it. And the yeah. ammunition wasn't the right ammunition for the rifle. And he's getting closer and closer and closer. And right when he's running and he goes to leap, I freaking wake up. And I'll tell you what, that dream freaked me out for the longest time. I want to say I had this dream. I was probably in my 20s. So this was a long time ago. Oh, it must it have a... freaked you out if you can still remember that detail. Oh, my God. I can remember it like it was yesterday. But that freaked me out so bad that I didn't go in that barn or walk all the way through that barn for months after that. So I'm curious. Because was I was... Actually... Because I was well, because I was thinking I was going to get out to the end of the barn and I was actually going to experience yeah. that. Right. But was it, yeah. it that exact barn? Because in my dreams, I'll have uh, I'll be in places that are, are familiar to me, but it's not like I'll be in my house, but it's not really my house. Was yeah. it was it your barn, but not yes. really your barn? No, exact barn. That's exact fucking barn. that's kind of creepy. Yeah, yeah, that is. And that is freaky. And I've had other dreams, too, in that barn. Like I remember one time in a dream. Uh, we always have apartments here. And, and there was this one dot guy that used to live in one of the apartments. His name was D uh, and he was really cool. He was a total pothead, but he was a construction worker. He was totally cool. I mean, this guy had like hefty bags full of pot, right? <laughs> yeah. Anyways, 
I can remember I was I was having a dream, and these guys used to go out and poach deer, and so they, it would be nothing to have a deer hanging in, in the barn, like 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 in the middle of summer. Yeah, when it, it's not cool. <laughs> but but anyways, I remember a dream. I'm walking through the barn, and I see something hanging. And I'm like, oh, well, D must have went and shot a deer or whatever. You know, not that I agreed with it because I'm not into the poaching thing, but he did what he did. I get to the end of the barn. I look up. It's him hanging. Oh, oh shit. In the dream. Yeah, that would have freaked me out, too. Did you wake up at that point? Uh, no, I actually remember. I didn't wake up at that point. I saw him hanging. I turned around and I exited the barn. And that was the end of that dream. But somebody did hang themselves in our barn. And that's why we think the barn is haunted. And that's why I had Kellen do the research up there. Now, there was this old buck that, uh, and I don't know what the circumstances were, but he hung himself in the barn. The piece of rope that goes over, and he hung himself from the second story. It's a three-story barn, so it's it's really tall. You know, it has three lofts. Yeah. <clears throat> so he hung himself from the second loft. The piece of rope that that he used to hang himself with, when they cut him down, the piece of rope is still there. Oh, like shit. it's just looped over. It's just looped over the beam, but it's still there. From the day we moved in, we always knew we always knew the story. My father always said, okay, we're not gonna touch that rope. Don't go near the rope. Don't touch it. Don't mess with it. Just leave it alone. And as a matter of fact, I don't even want you going up into the second loft. Now I did go up into the second loft in the third loft. Actually. The rope was on the floor of the third loft, to be exact. I never liked to go up in that third loft, actually, because it, for one thing, it's freaking really high up in there. And it's just got all these whole boards on these old beams, which I'm sure would be totally fine. But I was just too freaked out. I would never go up there. But the whole thing about the guy hanging himself in the barn, that freaked me out, too. So I never wanted to go up there. But it's just weird because that dream was about an actual location that I was completely familiar with. Yeah, but I understand what Catalyst is saying. So let me tell you about this reoccurring dream. If we're going to stay on this dream thing. Oh, let's do it. I love this topic. Oh, me too. So I, so I have, I've had these dreams for years. And what's really weird about it. Have you ever had a dream, but when you wake up, you don't immediately remember it. Yes. Yep. But something during the day triggers it. And then it comes back to you. Yep. Right. I have had this dream of this old old homestead that my whole family lived in i recognize it in the dream as our old homestead uh big great big huge house like bigger than my mom's house now my mom's house is huge i want to say it's like 14 rooms and in this house i remember there was a a room all the way up to the top that we weren't allowed to go into and I remember in the dream finding a secret passageway to get into this room. Now, keep in mind, the rest of the house is nice. It's like an all livable. Everybody's living in it, right? And I remember when I got up into this room, it was like this big, huge ballroom with a stage at one end. And it had this big, huge dance floor. But all the boards were all kind of twisted and coming up. And it was dirt everywhere. And shit was covered up in sheets like you always see in the old movies. Light was coming in. There was no lights up there, but light was coming in. This just little side windows, and that was bizarre because I had that dream multiple times of the same house 
I don't know where it is or where it was, but that house was the same house in every dream that I had. And I've probably had no less than five or six dreams at that same location. Now that to me leads to something else that I believe in is reincarnation. Mm -hmm. I believe that your soul, I believe we have a soul and I believe that your soul just goes on to this next person and so on and so forth. But you bring your DNA from your ancestors with you. So when you go into your next life, you're still, a, you're still, you, you're still a member of your family. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Like, like you bring your DNA with you. Like you just don't come back from, from one life and just uh, like a random person somewhere else in another country. Like, right. I think that's where the term you're an old soul comes from. Yeah, that could be. And I, and I actually had a, several readings and I was told that on multiple occasions, but this this house and this scene, I, I mean, I could remember it so vividly, I could actually probably draw it. But there was this one big, huge white house with great big, like, oak and maple trees around it. And then off to the side, there was a brick house where some other people in the family lived. And then off out behind over here, there was another house that other family members lived in, and we just all lived there. And it had this great big, huge backyard that was, like, all, uh, like, like gardens and stone walls. I mean, it was really nice. Like you could tell at one time, whoever owned it, like had a lot of money, but it's just bizarre that I keep having that same dream of the same location over and over and over again, which, which makes me ask the question, okay, when you're dreaming, are you just going back in time? Are you going into this other parallel parallel realm that we talk about that we hear about when they talk about string theory and things like that are, are we going over there are we actually living there and doing that at the same time that we're experiencing the life that we're in right now mm, that 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 uh makes me think of uh, the movie contact in a sense could is it possible that we're seeing entities and stuff in our in our time uh could it just be people dreaming possibly and and in that behind that veil that you're saying that we can't see past. Mm -hmm. I mean, I definitely think that because uh, I had a reoccurring dream a lot. Uh, I may have said it on the show before when we were talking about dreams last time, but I had this reoccurring dream a lot when I was like it was like after my dad died until my 20s. So from 12 to like, you know, like mid 20s, let's say. Right. And I had it probably about 15 to 20 times. And I would always start a little bit different. Like I would be being chased at first by all kinds of different things. Like, you know, and then I would be go out into the world and the world was ruins. Like it almost looked like when you watch those movies after like, you know, uh, like a book of Eli. Yeah. Apocalyptic. Yeah. And I'm just like, everything's gone and I'm walking around and everything looks crazy. And then I get into this underground area and I'm confronted by what I perceive as like the devil or Satan, right? Like like a an evil figure, reddish kind of like burly dude, like really big dude that's like threatening me. But for some reason, I keep telling him like I'm not afraid of you. I'm gonna kill you. Like and I and I'm like really. But just imagine just before I was having people chasing me and I was freaked out of my mind, you know, but right. once I, once I'm in this zone, I don't know what it is. I'm just like, I'm not afraid of you uh, uh, and I'm going to kill you like in this, like not in those exact words, but, you know, like I'm paraphrasing and I would have this dream quite often. And and then I, I got a little bit more into dreams like and people would say, hey, if you die in your dream, 
you die in real life, right? Yeah, well, I've died that. in two dreams. Uh, one dream, I was sitting on one of my old porches uh, in a, a house we lived in for years, and and we're all talking, me and my friends, and somebody runs up and they shoot me in the head, and I could feel the blood pouring out and how it was hot. Like, I mean, I've never been shot, but like just what people told me, and I felt it hot, and I was just like felt woozy, and I fell. And then I could still see what's going on. And I see that everyone's like, oh, what the fuck? And they just leave. They just like go on like some journey. And then I'm following them throughout their journey. And it was almost, again, that like this apocalyptic um, where, the, you know, like apocalyptic future where everything's kind of like it's almost like you're uh, those movies where you're just like, you know, getting a 10 and trying to figure out what's left of the world, walking dead type of scenario. And, and I've had a, quite a bit of those like apocalyptic things not to go along with other dreams where, you know, you're at a party and it's weird and everybody, you know, you but. Every now and then they sprinkle in these little apocalyptic dreams and it's always made me think of either a alternate universe or am I looking into the future? Like, you know what I mean? Like, well, what is it? I don't know exactly, but it kind of like gives me that kind of feel. And I've leaned always more to the alternate dimension. Like I'm going into another world. That's what it feels like. I have apocalyptic dreams all the time too. And I, and I don't want to dismiss the fact that about 80% of the movies made in the past 15 years have to deal with apocalypses or aftermaths sure. of them mm -hmm. in some way. So that could be just embedded into our brain. Ron, you said you wanted to touch uh, touch on the flying thing in the dreams too. I was curious what you had to say about that. Okay, so so flying in dreams, I don't think is that unusual, right? I mean, I, I've had those dreams as well, mm -hmm. but check this out. <laughs> this is so fucked up. And I've had this dream multiple times too. I'm flying, but I'm driving a car. So I'm driving, I'm in a car and I'm flying. Like, like the car's flying. Like the like car's Like back to the future type shit? Uh, yeah, or like uh, the flying car in Harry Potter. Gotcha. Okay. Like, but I'm just flying, and I mean high elevation. And then I would look up and see what's flying at me, and I'll never forget this. A freaking 10-wheeler dump truck goes by me the other, he's flying. And I, and I have all these, like these bizarre, like, like it's totally normal in the dream to be flying in this car. Now yeah. I'm talking like, this is not a futuristic car. This is like an old car, like the cars I grew up driving and you're just sitting in it. And, and one of them in the dream was a convertible. So I'm sitting in a wind's going, I'm driving around and I'm not sure where I was, but I was on the coast. Cause I could look down and I could see the ocean and all this other stuff. So, so yeah, flying is kind of a, uh, kind of a common thread in dreams. And I'm trying to remember, like my wife, I used to tell my wife about all my dreams. She actually bought me some books on dreams, but they don't, these books make no sense. Like, They're very vague. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. So, oh, if you see a snake, it means this, or if you see this and that. Yeah. All right. Well, what if you did this and that? Okay. That's not in that book because that's too, too far out. Yeah. No, right? mine weren't in there either. <laughs> yeah. But you know, you talk about like the apocalyptic dreams, right? Like, and I think Catalyst is, is kind of on the, on key there because we have seen so much of this that we're sure. inundated with, you know, the zombie shit, the alien stuff, whatever. But I've had this apocalyptic dream and I knew where I was and it was down in the city, uh, Concord, which is south of here. And I was at this uh, place where this old shopping mall is and the shopping mall is still there to this day. But in the dream, the shopping, this whole mall was just like blowed out. Like the front of the buildings were all blowed out. You could tell there was like some battle happened there or whatever. And I can remember trying to get into it because it actually used to be a liquor store. So, so I'm like, oh, let's see if we can find anything to drink and maybe take some of the pain away, right? In my dreams, yeah. I'm thinking. 
And I start walking in there and I could see people walking in the back. And of course, you know, when you, when you're in an apocalyptic situation like that, like everybody's a potential foe, right? Yep. So, so you, you don't want to be like, like interacting with anybody, but I can remember in the dream, start hearing a whistling sound. And I look up in the sky off into the distance and I could see a missile coming down. And before that missile landed, of course I woke up. I have something similar and uh, this, I only had this dream one time and it was years ago, but it, it, um, it moved me so much in a bad way that I'll never <laughs> forget it because uh, there was just chaos going on in the streets. And I was trying to like find my daughter and I'm like, what is going on? Oh I need God, to find yeah. my daughter. I need to find my daughter. And right when I saw her, I looked up and the only way I can describe it is the sky fell. And it, like right before it crushed and I can't describe what it looked like. I also yeah. have another dream where there's like a ball that that's the best way I could describe it. But, um, the sky fell and it freaked me the fuck out so much that like, I couldn't sleep for like a couple days and I'll never forget it. It, it just, the <laughs> feeling that it gave me was so realistic. And I woke up, I was sweating. It was, um, I don't know, man. Do you guys ever have good dreams? <laughs> uh, no, I've had tons of good dreams, but I would just uh, since you mentioned your daughter, it's kind of funny because my daughter recently told me that she's been had she's had a dream um, very similar that I've had multiple times. So uh, in the dream, I wake up in a passenger seat of a car. And the car is going like 80 miles an hour and I'm struggling to try to steer the car and, and keep it on course. But from the passenger seat, you know, because it's going it's like I woke up and someone just disappeared. Whoever was driving like I don't know. Oh, I'm shit. just I'm just in there and I'm like, oh, crap. Like I'm like in the passenger. And I'm trying to slide over, but you can't really get over and you're trying to steer and you're you know what I mean? I'm trying to like get the gas and and I'm on like sometimes I fly off with something. And then my daughter recently just told me she's like, yeah, you have these crazy dreams where I'm in the passenger seat and I can't and, and there's nobody in the driver's seat and, oh, and I'm wow. trying to steer the car. And I was like, what the fuck? I've never heard anybody have that dream. And she's like, yeah. And, and I never told her about those dreams. That's what was crazy. And I was like, wow. I was like, yeah. And for her, I got a little bit with her because she got into a bad accident not too long ago. She was all right and everything. But, you know, that kind of shook her up. But I've never really been in a bad car accident or anything. But maybe it was a fear. I don't know if it's playing off fear or anything. But it, it, it was always intense. Like, and then when I would go, like, you know, almost fall off the edge, I'd wake up or whatever. But it was like this whole goal of trying to like, oh, my God. Like, and, and I'm just like like so intense because I can't, it's going like 80, a hundred miles an hour. It's fast. I don't even really know how fast and I can't get to the driver's seat. It's so, it's no such matter a frustrating what you do, feeling. Right? No matter what you do, you can't make it happen. Nothing. Or have you yeah. had those dreams where you're fighting somebody and you give them your best shot? Like you're, and it's, and it's like, like you're swinging like, underwater. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That happens to me a lot. I hate those dreams. Yeah. Hey. You know, when you, when you start to think and you try to interpret your dreams, I mean, it's really difficult because mm -hmm. to me, it's not uh, merely just like interpreting the dream and, and trying to analyze it and find out, you know, what it was about. But what I think about is, okay, was that really me off somewhere? When we go to sleep and we go into a dream state, are we, are we just, is that just our soul out playing somewhere else? Is our, just our soul going to another realm or are we actually witnessing ourself as an actual person in a different realm? Right. Yeah. So those are the things I think about. The other thing I think about is just like you said earlier, Sean, is this, is this future? Is this past? Because if you believe in, uh, it, well, this is actually proven, like 
Like you retain the DNA from your ancestors like thousands of years back. I mean, when you really think about it, we're here because of somebody 10,000 years ago. Yeah. I mean, really think about it in those deep terms, right? It's that evolution, right? So you take all that DNA with you. So are you taking DNA of their life experiences that they had gone through? And then the next life they brought that with them. Then you got everything that they went through. So it's just like, like say a book in your first whatever. I don't even know how that goes. It's got to go back to the, like the beginning of man or the Anunnaki or the aliens or whatever you think. Nephilim, maybe. Yeah. Where in my case, I'm RH negative. So, you know, who knows where we came from? I mean, is that one part in our DNA that they haven't been able to sequence, right? Because they have no idea where it comes from. So, so then, then that's one chapter. And before you know it, you have a book that's like five inches thick. Yeah. Of all your ancestors, all their experiences that's traveled from, from all their DNA, right down the line that brings you all the way to you. Are you just reliving things like an old VHS tape, like watching a home movie in some of these instances? And I'll, and I'll tell you, and I'll tell you why I think that that is a possibility on one type of dream. Like, cause I think you have dreams and not all dreams are, are the same type, right? Like, like we talked about that. Ever since I was a little kid, I was always afraid of the ocean. I didn't want to swim in the ocean. I didn't want to be out on a boat in the ocean on a lake pond stream. No problem. I mean, I grew up swimming in rivers, yeah. a big river down across the street. That's where I used to swim when I was a kid. We always used to go to the pond and swim. No problem. Never would go out on the ocean. I always had this real bad fear of the ocean. I used to have these dreams where I swear to God, I had to walk the plank. Oh, even shit. if that was oh. even, even a thing back in the old naval days, pirate days or whatever, when they wanted to get rid of you, they didn't, they didn't shoot you and throw you overboard. No, that'd be too easy. They, sent you off off the plank and in a dream i could remember being at the end of a plank and another guy jabbing me with a sword and i have to jump into the ocean and i'm in the ocean boats going away like i'm talking old ship like old like pirate ship or something and all of a sudden i get pulled down underwater and all of a sudden all i see are sharks all around me oh, oh shit. <laughs> And I've had that dream on multiple occasions. And I, and I, and, and this was after, like, I had this fear of the ocean. Like I had these dreams later on in life. So it dawned on me. I'm like, okay, this has got to be why I had such a fear of the ocean because in a past life, because I retained that, those memories in my DNA, I was eaten by sharks or killed by sharks or died at sea. Well, Ron, you also made me think of something right now, what you were saying uh, by living your past life. What if sometimes we are reliving that uh, ancestry from our DNA, but the way we interpret it is different because we're how we live. You know what I mean? Like it, if it happened in the 18th, 16th century or something like that, we couldn't interpret it because we didn't we've never experienced that. Right. We didn't experience it that way. So we see it 
the way we see it in modern day, you know, like where it's a gun that looks modern or, or, or the car, but it could be something totally different. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally lot, can yeah. subscribe to what you're saying, Ron, like with, uh, with carrying on the DNA, uh, from the past, but I don't think that it, it applies with everybody because I swear to God that my brother and sister are NPCs. <laughs> well, now there's something to that. Now, I've actually, that's a subject I've been, I've been kind of looking into a little bit because I, I do like the simulation hypothesis. I really do. I'm not a hundred percent sold on it, but you know, nothing we talk about, we should be a hundred percent sold on. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Right. So, so I think there's certain people whose ancestry and DNA is retained and some people it's not like, like some people, like we retain those memories. Okay. I have a memory that goes as far back as I was a Roman general. Oh, wow. Or whatever the equivalent is, is of, you know, whatever a Roman general who was the head of a legion and had all his men around him or whatever. Check this dream out. Have you ever killed anybody in a dream? Yes. Okay. In this dream, we just finished up a battle and we had taken a bunch of prisoners. And I, and I remember in the dream, basically telling my men that, well, we're not really here to take prisoners. This was like a no quarter situation. No quarter means no survivors, no prisoners. But there was one person I said, we need to talk to him, bring him to me. So they brought this one individual up to me and he was down on his knees in front of me. And I can remember we we're up on a hill. There was trees behind us. We had these massive horses and all my men are around me and I'm, and I'm asking this guy's question and I can't remember even what I was asking him, but I was questioning him, you know, why are you here? What's over that Hill? You know, this kind of stuff. What are we going to find out when we go over there? Why did you try to ambush us or whatever? Refuse to tell me any answers. I remember looking over to one of my top guys and say, give me your sword. And he gives me his sword and I have it. And I showed it to the guy. I said, I am going to cut your head off with this sword. If you don't tell me what I want to know. And he said, it basically, well, I'm not going to tell you anything. I said, okay. And I can remember cocking back with that sword, cut his fucking head right off. That's crazy. His head flopped and he just landed straight down. And I just looked at my man. I said, leave him right there. Or I said, leave him, leave him for the crows or whatever. And we got on our horses and we took off. That was real as it happened. I mean, it yeah. was real as day. And I'm thinking, okay, so so we already know in my in my ancestry that's gone back. We've all, we go all the way back to the Normans. We're Normans. We were part of the army of William the Conqueror. That's all documented. So you know, William the Conqueror's army, like they didn't fight Romans, but they might have fought Romans at some point. But in my dream, I was a Roman. I know I was a Roman in my dream. But, you know, it's just these weird, weird things that we experience and we're trying to make heads or tails of it because here we are, we're living in the 2020s. Everything's supposed to be a civilized, civilized world that we're living in. Yet, yet our DNA came from anything but civilized. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, our ancestors, that was kill or be killed. That's, that's just how that was. That was before even like rules and laws applied. 
to you know what you were doing. And of course, if you're in the military, like if I was in a, a Roman legionnaire, well, then you were in a Ro you know a military, you were able to kill people, and it was okay. You know, God would forgive you for that. But then, then I think about dreams, like when you're in a dream and there's other people in the dream, are you in their dream? Mm. Like are these other people just the, just the uh, the fabrication of some other person dreaming? And then that brings me to ghosts. Like, have you ever seen the movie The Others? Yes. With Nicole Kidman. No. Where they lived in this house and they were having, they were experiencing ghosts. And it turns well, out it, that they were actually It turns the out that they were the ghosts. Yeah, that so, movie creeped me out. Oh or my God, sense. the first time I saw that movie, the end of it, I'm like, yeah, this movie's not that scary. And I'm watching, I'm watching, and then that twist, and then it started to unravel. The story started to unfold. And I'm like, oh my God, they're the ghosts, right? I just got goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, so so what they say, and I always ask, and I ask my wife, because sometimes, I don't know if my wife is having cognitive issues, but she's going in, she goes in for CAT scans, there's something going on with her in her brain. And I hope it's not dementia or whatever, because my wife's pretty young. She's only in her early 50s. But I swear to God, she's having some issue. And actually, we got into a little argument today about something. And I and she says, well, you didn't tell me that. I, I'm not supposed to be a mind reader. I said, oh, my God, we spoke at length about this. And you're getting upset at me because you don't remember it. I said, now you're starting to freak me out. Yeah. And we've had this conversation. Now, I'm serious. Like, like <laughs> I've had this conversation with her multiple times. There was one day she says, oh, uh, did you bring that thing in from the truck? And I'm like, yeah, I brought that in. I told you I already put that away. You asked me that 15 minutes ago. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. So I walked away. I went outside to have a beer and a smoke because I'm like, okay, because that's what I do at home. I go outside with my dogs. She texts me. Did I really ask you that before? Like she was genuinely concerned, right? So I'm like, yeah, you asked me that once before. And I even had this conversation with her again tonight. I said, okay, I don't, I know you're under a lot of stress at work. And I know you have a lot. And my wife has a very, very big job. And it's really stresses her out. And right now they're going this end, end of year for them, uh, for the, all their accounting and stuff. So it's driving her nuts. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe she's just under stress. But that always brings me back to this point. I would go up to her and I'd say, okay, am I in a different fucking parallel universe? I'll say that to her. I'm in a parallel universe. What is going on? I, am I really here or am I dead? Am I really alive? <laughs> like, like, and I'm being totally serious to her. She goes, yeah, you're alive. So then you start analyzing just that, what you just said. And like, do we know actually when we die? Like, do we know if we're dead? Because there's a lot, a lot of like people that, that talk about these kinds of things that say, no, you're, you're not dead. You're just dead to the people around you, but your life continues on its own path. Excuse me. You're just dead to other people, but these people aren't dead to you. I mean, it's, it's fucking weird to try to wrap your head around it. But when she pulls shit like that on me, that's the first thing I think about, you know, and I know it's different than dreams or whatever. Right. But but to me, it's like, okay, it could be similar to dreams because who knows, like, when when you're dreaming, like, are, are we dead? And then yeah. we're just having 
past life regression dreams? I mean, I know that probably doesn't make any sense. It's just a weird thing. I think about weird shit anyway. Well, it's really kind of go making me go crazy because uh, I'm watching this show on uh, HBO Max called Westworld. I don't know if you guys have uh, uh, watched oh, that. Boy. Do I have a treat for you? <laughs> it's and, and it just kind of reminds stay me of tuned. that, you know, stay like tuned. where they're in loops, uh, uh, and just uh, the all the the twists and turns that you get where you're not. I'm barely in season four now. Finally, I caught up, but uh, it's crazy. That's how it kind of does feel. It almost feels like what is real? What is reality? Is reality a thing? Is reality something that somebody made up? And so it it's not that I subscribe to the simulation. I guess I don't want to subscribe to it sometimes because you're like, ah, oh, this has to be real. But then it's like. Nobody can define what reality really is. Like reality is what we're seeing at this moment. Like right now, our reality is that we're on a podcast talking. But is that my reality? Is that your reality? Is that all of our realities? It, that's where it really gets murky. How, okay, how do you so, guys feel about the – I didn't mean to cut you off there, Ron, but oh, I, ahead, I wanted no, to no get this out before I forgot because it reminded me of a theory – where when you have near death experiences, you actually do die, but you just uh, you you level up to like a different parallel dimension, and your life keeps going. Is that kind of something that you guys think that this might be? Yeah. So NDEs are a very very interesting subject. My uncle Jimmy, who passed away, had a near death experience, and we talked about it. And he was in the hospital. And he was actually a proctor too. So he was part of the witch blood too. And uh, he's actually my mom's uncle. So he was my great uncle. He said, I was in the bed. He had had a heart attack is what he did. And he was uh, down at the big hospital down in Manchester, CMC, Catholic Medical Center. And he said, I can remember coming out of my body, being at the top of the room. He said that I went out in the hallway and I could see Mickey talking to the doctor. Now, Mickey, Mickey is my cousin. That's his son. And I'm like, seriously, he goes, yep. Yeah. And, and my uncle Jimmy, like he didn't talk shit. Like this guy was straight as an arrow. He said, I'm telling you right now, I came out of my body. I went out into the hallway and I listened to Mickey talking to the doctor and even could tell you what he talked about. And then, but he, ne but he never told Mickey about it. And to this day, I've never brought it up to Mickey. Oh, Never man, said I a was word curious. To I was curious yeah. if if it was accurate, if that conversation actually did take place. I just didn't want to bring that up because, you know, we yeah. have this whole we have this whole weird thing in our family. And it, and it all goes back to the whole witch thing. <laughs> like in our family, like my 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 cousin, Sue, she's like, remember, we're not supposed to talk about the W thing. And I finally convinced her. I'm like, you know what? That shit was 300 years ago. And can't we just let it go now? Can't we just be open about it? Can't we just talk about it? Can't we just research about it? You know what I mean? And I understand it. Yeah. So, so, so I got her to turn around and kind of think a little bit different about that. But I mean, you know, her and my mama cousins, they're both in their eighties. So at this point, I'm like, you know, you guys just gotta, you know, I, I could see this when I was a little kid, you didn't want us talking about it. You didn't want me telling my teachers about it. You didn't want anybody to know about it because of that fucking stigmatism that goes with that. I said, but, but when uncle Jimmy told me that story, I'm like, you know, I doubt very seriously if that's like related to the whole witchcraft thing. I said, but that, what you had was a near death experience. You know, you died. Maybe, maybe not on your monitor. You didn't die, but you died. Cause that's the only way that your soul is going to come out of your body and witness what it saw. 
And then you went back into your body. He says, yeah, when I went back, it was like, it was like a, like a big, like ball of light and boom, I woke up and I was back in my body in my bed. Like nothing happened. Yeah. NDEs are, are like uh really, really interesting subject because it, it's almost like, is this where you go to be the ghost realm? Like, are you a ghost in that realm right there? Because you're not, you're not like gone to heaven. You're not gone to hell. Yeah. That's even if you subscribe to that. Right. Which I don't. I don't either. Yeah. So, uh, but, but I'm anyway, is that maybe like a dream state? Like, like when we dream, are we having NDEs? I, I mean, it's just so many questions with dreams. I mean, yeah. Everybody try. Everybody tries to turn. I know maybe we're getting off topic, but no, I know no. people, people are always trying to uh, analyze and break dreams down. I don't think it's possible. I don't think it can be analyzed. I really no, not don't. at all, because uh, yeah. you brought up snakes before. And uh, I, I often have dreams where there's a snake either bites me or I'm running from a snake or something. And and the books that I've all looked into, I mean, somebody close to you is going to uh, stab you in the back or, you know, you're going to you're going to get betrayed or some shit like that. And it's and never I think happened. It's, That's I think it's more like terrible. what Ron said, you know, like it probably back uh, your uh, your ancestry like was attacked by like you know what i mean they were living in the in the wilderness and they were afraid of, of predators snakes of hey this might kill me like that does really make sense to me like i never really put it that into that perspective but when you put it there i'm like yeah that's that makes a lot of sense why are we scared why you were scared of the plank you know what i mean why you're you know these things had happened not to you maybe per se in this what we call reality now but in some sense in a reality before yeah. yeah. Have you guys ever had a reading? So I had a reading one time and this lady mm -hmm. told me that um, in a past life, I was a samurai and I don't have any recollection of this whatsoever. So I'm like, where the fuck did she get this from? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious if you guys think that there's any truth behind those readings or if it's just somebody trying to make an easy dollar. Depends. I think it's a little bit of both. I believe there are legitimate people out there that can do readings. Now, I had a reading done by this gentleman, and I want to say 25 years ago, probably like 25 years ago. This guy did a brief. It was actually like a bunch of us all chipped in, and this guy came to my friend's house, and we all did individual readings. So he's doing a reading to me, and that's when he said, you are a very, very old soul. He said, and, and what I'm seeing is that you come from a long line of warring people. And that's what he said, warring people. So I'm thinking, you know, fighters, people that were fought a lot, you know. And you have a particular relative that is your, for lack of a better word, he's your guardian angel and he's watching you and guiding you all the time. So he says, oh, do you have an association with or interaction with crows. And I'm like, yes. And I do to this day. I have this group of crows that hang out at my house. And fuckers come visit me every morning. Swear to God. I can go out in my yard and I can call and call them in. And, and they don't come and land near me, but they'll fly over me and call. And then they'll go sit in the, the big, I got big, huge trees at my house. They'll just, they'll just stay there. Right. Check this out. I don't know if these are the same crows or if they're the sons of these crows or the, the fathers of these crows. 
when my dad was still alive, like in the last couple of years of his life, excuse me, he was out back mowing the lawn. Now we have like 20 acres of lawn here. So mowing is like a full-time job. So he's like, ah, I'll just go out and mow. He's out back mowing one day. And it's had to be because we had cell phones then. We had early versions of cell phones then. So this had to be, he's been gone for 12 years. So maybe this was like 15 years ago or maybe 18 years ago. I've had a cell phone like forever, like since they first came out. I only live about a mile from here and I live up on this hill across the street. I had gone home for lunch and one of the guys that worked in his, actually his name was Jimmy too, worked for my family like forever. He comes down to the garage and he's calling me and I'm like, why is he calling me? I just fucking left there. Don't bug me. I just came home for lunch. He's calling me and he goes, Ronnie, Ronnie, you got to get home. You got to get back because he called this home. You got to get home. The old man was out, out back mowing and he tipped the lawnmower over and he's stuck under it. And I'm like, oh my God. Okay. Go get some of the guys at the garage and go get the lawnmower off of him. Like there was always big guys working around here. So they went and did that. I was at my house and I just had seen the two crows fly over because I was sitting out on my deck having lunch. It was like in the summertime. So I'm like, oh, fuck. So I get in my car. I run down here. It's only a mile away. I run down here. I park in the shop yard and I walk up the back road to see where he was mowing. Shit you not. I look across the road, look up in the sky. Those two crows are coming this way. Those two crows came down here and they flew and they and they went right out back where my father was and hung out in the tree up there. Dude, I am not making this up. God strike me dead, as I've said before. These crows, like, either watch me, hang out with me. I don't know. I do feed them in the winter because they don't migrate. These guys hang around. I do feed them in the winter. So maybe that's their connection to me. But when that guy asked me if I had any connection to crows, I said, yes. He goes, well, that has some type of, uh, he didn't say spiritual. What the hell was the word that he used? You have an ancestral bond with crows. Mm. Something along that. I don't know if that makes sense, but, but when I think about it, it's like, yeah, I've always had these crows around me. And my mom told me a story. She says, you know, when I was a little girl, cause my mom was raised by her grandmother, which was my uncle Jimmy that we talked about his mom. My mom always said, you know, when I was a little, when I was a little girl, we used to have a pet crow on the farm. Oh, wow. Yeah. A pet crow that actually would come in the house. They made a cage for it in the house and it would come in the house and they'd let it go during the day and it would go off and do its crow stuff and come back and want to come in the house at night. Yeah. You know, that's weird. So, so there's two generations back that our family has this like, like uh, association with crows. Well, in, um, in mainstream media, they always associate witchcraft uh, with crows too. So I wonder if there's, if there's a connection there possibility i don't know my family's always had black cats too if that means anything do i huh. take anything away from that i mean my cat i have now isn't black but he's uh he's gray he's like a blue like a russian blue do you know what a russian blue cat looks like is it is it uh, like a when they like a blue nose pit bull coloring yes yeah which is funny because that's what my pit bulls are blue nose Staffordshire. nice and everybody joked oh you got a new cat would you uh, pick the same color as your dogs i'm like no it just happened to turn out that way 
but my mom has always had black hats. You know, and it always pisses me off when people say, oh, black cat crossed my path. What's that mean? Uh, it just means that black cat walked in front of you. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, the white owl was a big one for us too. Like, uh, but then it's weird because depends on who you talk to. Cause one person says it's good luck. And one person says it's bad luck. One time when I had a reading, the only time I had a reading, and I think this is why it gave me a bad uh, thought process towards that for a while is the person it was at a bar and like, there was this like little thing going on where there's a bunch of different vendors and she was like, ah, oh, she was reading and she read my poem, you know, and saying, Oh, I'm going to look at your lifelines. And then she tells me, well, you might either live a long time or you might not live a long time. And I was like, Oh, thanks. When you talked about the crows, it got me thinking, I got my brain going. And one thing I noticed, no one has told me this, but I mean, I mean, people have told me, but nobody like, uh, you know, have it reading or anything. One thing for me is for some reason, uh, kids like small children and animals like feel welcomed in my like protected and and very welcome like random kids will be like hey like two three and i know they say the hype but like they'll come over ask me questions same thing with elderly people people like and they'll just go, i'll be in the store and some like there's a bunch of people in the store and the older lady will be like hey uh, she'll come to me so for some reason that makes me feel like in my dna that there's some welcoming you know what i mean thing of people that are are uh not fragile, but you know what I mean? That they need to be protected, seem to come and latch onto me, but they don't feel any fear towards me. They're just like, oh, hey, what's up? Like, if they know me, like, even the neighbor's kids, he's like, hey, what's up? And I, I never really talked to them or anything, but it, it's just something that I think that when you said about the crows, it kind of reminded me of that. And I think that we do have these, um, you know, you could trace whatever wh whatever our ancestors did. I think it really uh, is embedded as, and maybe it is us. You know what I mean? Like you said, maybe it's just us. We're reliving our life again, and then we're carrying these char characteristics over again. That's crazy that you you bring that up because I never uh, connected the two before. But I'm sure you hear this all the time because what you just said, I, I uh, not with elderly people, but with kids and animals, especially animals. I don't know. I couldn't even tell you how many times I've gone over to somebody's house and they're like, Oh, that, uh, he's never, that dog has never yeah. liked anybody. And, yep. and just right away, animals will automatically, uh, cling to me. Um, I've we only always, have a few know, minutes. I, Go ahead. Oh, I'm so, I'm sorry. Catalyst. Hey, let me just give you one more thing. I know you want to wrap this up. You haven't noticed how sometimes you vibe a little bit better with older people. Yes. Like, like I've always vibed with older people, like even growing up down my at my uh, dad's shop when I was a little kid, like it's my shop now. But back then, everybody that worked for my dad, you know, they were all like 10, 15 years older than me. Some of my best buddies that come out here and hang up, they're all retired. So what do they do? This is like the shop everybody likes to hang out at. Like they're all in their 70s, like mid 70s or whatever. I mean, I'm not even 60 yet. It, like I really vibe with with older people. Right. Uh, and, and the same thing, and I think they, they just feel more comfortable with me because I've always been able to uh, converse with older people better. Like you try to converse with younger kids today, they, they just don't get it. No. Like they don't get it at all. Like I had this conversation before, like they were just a wa fucking walking dead. That's all they are. But like 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 you say, Catalyst, like, like the thing with animals. We have this deer, this mama deer and her fawns. They hang out in my yard. They're out in my yard every morning. Of course, I have two pit bulls. Dogs like to chase deer. So I always go out first to make sure that they're, if they are there, that I tell them that they need to go so I can let my dogs out, you know? And the other morning, my wife was up super early because she had to sign into her, her work computer at like 630. 
I get up about uh, six so I can have a little alone time uh, before little G gets up. And then I have to get her going, doing her chores and off to summer camp. So I look outside and there's this mama deer. She's up laying just on, just on the hill right behind my, my, uh, my table where me and the boys hang out and drink when they come over at the end of where my pool is. And she's up there just laying down. I didn't see the baby anywhere, but it had, she had, the babies had to be pretty close. But I was just getting ready to let Willow out. And Willow's my female, and she's not, I mean, she's friendly with people, loves people, loves other dogs if they're not female, and they're not in her face. If they get in her face, it's a different story. But I'm like, I told my wife, I said, oh, shit. All right, Willow, you're not going to be able to go out. Daddy's going to go out, and I got to go talk to the mama dear and tell her she needs to leave. And my wife is laughing like, oh, my God, you're so such an idiot or whatever. I'm like, no, really? I said, you watch. I walk out on the deck. Mama Diaz laying down. She looks, she doesn't even stand up. She's just looking at me. So I walk down. My pool's like 24 feet long. So so my deck is 10 feet wide and 24 feet. So I walk, I'm walking up and I'm getting over to my table. And she's just she stands up and I just look at her. I said, Okay, mama, you have to go because I gotta let the dogs out. She didn't like put her tail up and sprint off. She got up and she slowly walked up to the other side of the old barn that's collapsed and off into the other field. And off she went. And my and I came back. I said, "Okay, so what do you think about that now?" Oh, that's nothing. That don't mean nothing. Oh, that, <laughs> that was just a coincidence. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> no. I, I think I think animals. Uh, if if animals vibe with you, they they know that you you're not a threat to them, and that you're actually going to protect them. Yeah, so that's just another thing I wanted to bring up with, and I think that 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 has an old soul element to it as well. Yeah, I think that I yeah. think that might be, and I always connect better with people that are also old souls in quotes, but, um, in yeah. empaths yeah. as well, I really connect with other empaths. Um, I would say, uh, switch gears here, but we're going to jump into a completely different car for the last, uh, five or 10 minutes here, Ron, because I know that you and I share uh, very similar political views and I wanted to get your take on what happened 10 minutes before we jumped on here. Um, when the FBI raided, uh, Hunter Biden's house. Okay, so I am not aware of that. I'm just fucking with you because that's what should oh. have happened. <laughs> I was going to say, because last I, was I like, saw <laughs> Hunter Biden actually jumped on Air Force One with Sleepy Joe to go on vacation so that they don't have to be around to answer any questions about Mar-a-Lago. Exactly. So I was just curious what your take Can is you on this. Can you believe that shit? Like, are you want to get me fucking fired up? Are they going to actually... <laughs> Are they going to have anything that's going to stick to Trump? I, I believe it's a nothing burger, but could they possibly plant evidence? And they, and we all know that if they end up trying him in Washington, it's just going to be a bunch of fucking Hillary and AOC donors that are going to be in the jury. Well, pool. they did reveal that the cameras were on. His cameras were not shut off. Uh, they released that uh, earlier, I think yesterday or today, that uh, even Hannity was talking about it. Fuck yeah, Hannity. you know, I haven't, I haven't had a chance to watch any news today to get caught up on that. Obviously, I did a show about it the other day when I, I compiled as much information as I could uh, to go on and do that uh, on the Wicked Planet, the Mar-a-Lago raid uh, show, uh, which a ton of people have listened to. But uh, but yeah, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know. I don't really feel as though, I mean, Trump's not a stupid guy. He's a smart guy. And and then I, I did catch on the news, though, that they were in negotiation with the FBI and the Justice Department they were just at his house a week ago. So so why did all this transpire? Why did this happen? And you notice it was right after the whole Alex Jones trial. Right. Where they're like, okay, we just took the biggest podcast, one of the biggest podcasters for 445 million, which 
he ain't going to end up having to pay none. He's going to get out of that. Yeah, well, there's a cap in Texas that nobody's talking about, and they went way over that cap. I am aware of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's something, uh, Catalyst, that people are not talking about. That There is a punitive damage cap in Texas, right? And that $45 million, uh, how it how it got from $4 million to $45 million was because of the punitive damages, right? That, that, that was added up. It's just they keep throwing all the shit in there. We already know that Alex Jones had a beef with this particular judge anyways to begin with, so she should have never been on the bench. And we know that the jury was all full of leftists, right? I mean, I mean, it's it, it was a kangaroo court, basically. So whatever's going to happen to Trump, if they do indict him on anything, which I just don't see it happening. I just really don't. Like, you just took on the most popular president we've had in hundreds of years. The man that's clearly the front runner in the next election. 65% but, at CPAC. Yeah. So, so it's like, okay, so whatever you think you have, and they came right out and said, oh, this has nothing to do with January 6th. Okay, so now they're saying, well, they were looking for something associated with January 6th. Here's the other thing. They didn't search any of the any of the boxes of documents while they were there. They took them with them. That, to me, is a chain of custody problem. They did not allow any of his attorneys, that there were two of his attorneys present, did not allow them to shadow them into any of the rooms or any of the searches. That's wrong. They should have never done that. And then, and then they reported on Fox News that they were in Melania, uh, Melania's walk-in closet. What are you try, trying to steal her underwear or something, dude? Well, right. hey, Hoover was a crossdresser. I'm just gonna say, you know. <laughs> yeah, Hoover was right. Yeah, you want to talk about fucking fucking weirdos there? But, well, uh, but he was anyways, more than yeah, a crossdresser. So I think, I think this was just to send a message. I think this is uh, because you know Trump was in court in New York that same day, right? And, uh, and I think, uh, you know, again, unprecedented, never happened before. They had to have their shit together. And then now, of course, the White House is saying, well, we didn't know anything about that. But Rick Garland comes on and says, oh, yeah, I did okay that. But right. did you see Did you see about the judge that signed off on the warrant? Well, have then, you done hmm. the digging on him? I did that on my show last night. Yeah, well, he he was actually the one that was supposed to be heading uh, the Hillary Clinton um, uh, when Trump is suing Hillary. But what I think about that judge is he has ties to Epstein Island, and I think that they're all fucking panicking that this shit might actually come out and bite them in the ass. Okay, this is why they got this judge and this judge in particular to sign off on that warrant. Number one, there's a photograph out there. Don't know if it's real. Don't know if it's Photoshop. Send it to me because I'll I'll level it up on with, my Photoshop. With Maxwell? He's hanging out with Maxwell on an airplane. Definitely looks like the guy. But besides all that, it's documented. He was part of the Justice Department. He was a, he was a federal court judge in the Southern District of Florida. And he was part of the prosecution or the judge during the prosecution of Jeffrey Epstein when Jeffrey Epstein ended up getting 13 months in a county jail for uh, like some type of sex traffic. I don't know exactly what it was. As soon as that soon as that's over, he resigns from the Justice Department goes into private practice, and guess who his clients are? Jeffrey Epstein's pilot who flew the Lolita Express, Jeffrey Epstein's sex booker who would line him up with his underage girls, and also Jeffrey Epstein's personal sex slave. He was their attorney. Now, all this Jeffrey Epstein stuff has gone by. Jeffrey Epstein's supposedly dead, which we don't think he is. I don't think he is. 
everybody says, well, Epstein didn't kill himself. Well, I don't think anybody killed Epstein. I think he's off somewhere, right? Because he has to be a protected source. Yep. Right. As soon as that's done and Maxwell, who was found in New Hampshire, consequently, in a town called Bradford, which we don't have time to get into now, but there's a lot of sketchy shit that goes on with the elite up in that part of New Hampshire. And that's why it looks like these sleepy little towns or whatever. It's because all these rich fuckers own all the land and they keep it that way. She had, she, she was living in this big, beautiful house, like out in the middle of nowhere. Like there's nothing in Bradford. Like, trust right. me. She's off in jail. Her records are sealed. So we're never going to know what the client list is, even though we know that the FBI has that. None of that's ever going to be divulged. We're never going to know who's on that client's list, but we know. It's, it's like, we're not going to know, but we already know. Right. We just have to look what, at the flight once all, once all that shit is done, now he decides he's going to go back to work for the government. And it just so happens that he was the second judge to sit on the uh, Trump versus Clinton trial, which is essentially a civil version of a RICO trial, racketeering right. trial, like a big, huge conspiracy trial. He was one of the sitting judges on that. He recused himself. He recused himself, he said, because I, there's no way that I can be unbiased on this. So he just don't like Trump. Right. No, it's obvious. And and I saw I saw the uh, recusal uh, statement, too. I, that's floating around I po the internet. I posted it in my show notes on the last show. Oh, awesome. Like, like when I do my show, I do the show notes. And I said, here's the docket. Here's the recusal. Here's everything. Go take a look at it. Because I like to back up what I talk about on the Wicked Planet. I put all the links there, and these Same are right here, yeah. from U U.S. government fucking court cases dockets. So it's all legit. So this dude is owned by the deep state. And this is why he signed off on the Trump thing. Like, like, what has he got to lose? But even if they don't get anything on Trump, like, like the only way, now I did find this out, and I actually posted this link as well. The only thing that could keep Trump from running for president was if he was actually impeached. Now I don't have that. I don't have that in front. See, of me. I don't. I don't see. I see it a lot differently. I don't see it as um, they're trying to get him not to run. I think this is just a 2016 playbook all over again uh, to make him a, pol a, a polarizing figure, uh, where it solidifies a side where people are like, "Oh yeah, that's our guy. He's gonna fight the deep state." And I think it's this hopium that we're endless dripping of hopium that we get in our, our, our system like that and i understand why people have hope because they want somebody to take them down and i, I don't believe that's to me because i'm going to do a show on sunday about it and i'll drop on monday we're going to really go over everything through trump because trump in, in my opinion has filled the swamp up just as much as anybody else and then you what? can go through everybody in his cabinet and and usually i hear a lot of people say like oh this policy and i'm like well you know the obama people told me the same thing you know what i mean they, they pointed out oh look at this good policy he did and, and look at this good policy and i'm like yeah but look at what he's doing and i think it's all to set precedent even with alex jones it's all to set precedent so that we can have because if you've noticed under the Trump reign, not saying it's on him particularly, but what they've been able to push out is this new agenda of domestic terrorism. And I think that is the point of all of this with Alex Jones, with what Donald Trump, because they want to categorize a domestic terrorist. And that's what MAGA has become. Not that they are, but I'm saying that's like the poster child of what they want it to be like. Hey, look, that's what it is. That just like an Islamic terrorist is 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 an Al Qaeda member. You know, it's kind of like oh, that same. Okay feel for me 
Well, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Did you see the video that I made and posted yesterday of all the news uh, anchors? Uh, basically, yes, I, I did demonizing see that. demonizing uh, QAnon. So I, I feel like and how that, they were all on the Mockingbird one... catalyst. Sorry to interrupt, but how they were all talking off the same script. Yeah, well, yeah. I compiled yeah. a video of all of them saying the same thing, uh, yeah. and and so it's just to demonize the QAnons and to make us look like terrorists as well. And I think another reason why they're doing this because we know it's a nothing burger; they have nothing. And I think that the other reason that they're doing this is to make Trump guilty in the public opinion of the people that actually believe CNN and all these stupid fucking news talking points that yeah, aren't actually going to look in, look into it. And Another thing is, is I don't know if you've looked into devolution at all, but if there are any documents on devolution and how they're going to take these people down, they really want to get their hands on that so that they can fucking combat it. Yeah. Okay. So anonymous Sean, who's one of my co-panelists on occasion, uh, we actually talked about devolution on the, uh, the Mar-a-Lago episode. Uh, he's, he's a big believer in the devolution. Uh, so, so I understand exactly what you're thinking of there. It basically has to bring the whole system down. The whole system has to come down for devolution to work. And the only way they're going to get the whole system to come down is to silence all of us people that are conservative. Like I'm an independent. I'm not a Republican, but I lean Republican. Right. So so back after 9-11, the Muslims were the boogeyman. Al Qaeda was the boogeyman. The Taliban was the boogeyman. Right. Now the boogeyman is us. Like they, they want to vilify us. Now, now, Trump is not our savior. Let's get that off. I didn't agree with Operation Warp Speed. Definitely didn't agree with that. No, however, that made me throw up. However, however, the people that support Donald Trump, we are all, because I do support him, uh, we are all like-minded in the sense that we have strong beliefs in our country. We have strong beliefs in the Constitution and what the Constitution stands for, First Amendment, Second Amendment, right up, all of the amendments, like even the Fourth Amendment, illegal search and seizure, like these ATF guys that are going around Oh, we had a record that you bought two firearms. Do you have them? Yeah, fuck you. Mm -hmm. I don't have to tell you anything, right? So, so I, I am, I am a, I guess I am a supporter of Trump, but I'm more of a supporter of what the people stand for that support Trump. If that makes any sense, that makes a hundred percent sense. So, 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 but if you, I come from a long line of patriots. Like my family fought in the revolution. One of my fam, one of my ancestors died at the Battle of Bunker Hill. So, I mean, my family was was part of the group of people in, in that be made America, America. So so I'm I'm a pretty hardcore patriot. Like, so I so I think that's how I think even to this day, like and I'm in New England, dude, this is where all this shit happened. Yeah. Right. So so you grow up with that mindset being a New Englander. That's like fucking pounded into you, like growing up that, hey, we were instrumental in the revolution. A lot of famous people from New Hampshire. Uh, people from New Hampshire signed the Declaration of Independence. Josiah Bartlett, whose his house is literally ten minutes from here. So, so we we have our patriotic views, right? So, so when you have a president that that brings out that patriotic view to you, makes you love America, makes you proud to be American. He, he you know, he, he always promised us he was going to drain the swamp, which he may have tried to drain the swamp. I don't think the swamp is fucking drainable. Like at this point, and this is where, like Catalyst said, this is where devolution comes in. Because you have to get rid of everything. Everything has to de-evolve into nothing. And then they're going to bring it back up. Which brings us to what we were going to talk about tonight. And we don't have time now, but we're going to have to revisit this on the White Rabbit. Yeah, I'd love to have you back on. Yeah, anytime you guys want to do this. 
I want to come on and I want to talk about the club of Rome because yeah. never Sean, when we had our little talk about Mr. Rockefeller, mm -hmm. well, guess who was one of the founding members of the club of Rome? Rockefeller. Yeah. Well, I'm not surprised. Yeah. But that's so, why I really so believe these are that all Trump the agendas. It. These are all the agendas, uh, Rockefeller's club of Rome, the sure. UN, the world economic forum, all of these, they're all in cahoots to run the world the way they want to run it. And it's a very interesting subject and I would love to come back on and we could talk more about that. Oh, you're more than welcome to come back on. Uh, Sean, any burning desires you want to get out before we wrap up here? No, nah, you know me, I just say like, I just think that like, I think the people that support Trump are, are I, I'm with them on as, I'm with them at, uh, on as far as uh, what they believe and, and, and what this country stands for. I just believe that he's a trap. I believe that he is to get people out in the open and be like, oh, they're consent. They're against the narrative. They're against the narrative. They're against the narrative, and, and it gets us into this where now the other side can be the Nazis, and they can go, "Oh yeah, these are not human beings. These are bad people. These are conservatives." You know what I mean? That's how I see it. Like, because to me, he's an elitist. Always been an elitist. And, and if you dig down, uh, you know, around, down the rabbit hole with him, you can see that. And I just think that he's a trap, and that's what I fear. And I've been telling people for a long time that I feel that he's a trap. Now the people that support him are the people that we do want to protect and that we do want to be on our side because they're patriots like us. They want to actually lift this country up and make it what it's intended to be. Well, let me tell you something, Sean, about that. Like, like, could he be a trap? Eh, possibly. I just, I have to disagree with you on that respectfully. Sure. So, so, um, uh, Trump doesn't play by anybody's rules, but fucking Trump's rules. And that is the thing that, that, that I see that he's very consistent with. Okay. Again, he's not our savior, like at all. And I, and I even said before that when we see this ticket, it's either going to be Trump DeSantis or it's going to be DeSantis and who knows who, but either one of those people are going to be on this ticket. Now check this theory out. Look at how much Trump uh, fundraising money made the day of Mar-a-Lago, as soon as that information came out and the following day, which was yesterday. Yeah. Right? Broke all fundraising records. So there's a theory out there that Trump swatted himself because he knew that that would happen. Oh, he is a smart motherfucker. And, and to get back to what you were saying is he never played by the rules. Like they wouldn't let him play in reindeer games. He tried to buy a football team. They wouldn't let him do it. He tried to uh, build a casino. They wouldn't let him do it. Like if he was really, really tied in with these people, I mean, the they would let, bailed him out. They would let him play. Well, I mean, yeah, let's let's actually well, I mean, run. he's been bankrupt a few times. Just like yeah, well, he was bailed out. But yeah, but I'm saying he was bailed out and he put the guy into his cabinet, Wilbur Ross, like he put him inside of his cabinet who ran the Rothschilds bank for over 25 years. But he is also the only one that was willing to testify against Jeff and uh, and testify against Jeff. That's how you make a hero that story. That's what I'm saying. I, I would suggest that you definitely got to check out Hopium by uh, James Corbett's documentary where he goes through uh, how a lot of people throughout the years of Obama, Trump, uh, uh, Ike, you know what I mean? Like where we fall into this trap of hopium, where we believe this person is going to be able to conquer this uh, so-called uh, machine. Yeah, right. Well, uh, that, no, that could have some truth to it, Sean. Uh, you know, I, again, I'm not disagreeing on all your aspects. I'm just, I just don't think that Trump is a trap. I think, I think there, there might be something a little shady there. I mean, obviously you don't get rich sure. being a nice guy. 
Right. Okay. You yeah. just don't get rich being a nice guy. It, it, I'm a nice guy. That's why I'm not rich. I mean, I'm not broke either, <laughs> but, but I mean, I'm not like a multimillionaire. I mean, if you took all my assets and put them together, yeah, I'm over a million, but, but I mean, like, like I don't have that sitting in my safe, you know what right. I mean? But when you talk back, like, uh, to what that book was about the hopium, uh, when Obama first got elected, what was the big slogan? Hope. Change. Hope. Yes, we can. Yes, and we all can. All the fucking divisions started with Obama. Agreed. Yeah, and, and I believe yeah. it's a CIA kind of uh, 101 where you get two polarizing forces. Obama was the one force, and Trump is the uh, the opposite side force so that we can combine against each other to get us into a civil war type of scenario. Well, they want us to they want us to uprise. That's one of the things they want. And I've said this on mm -hmm. my show. Don't take that bait. They want you. OK, we're getting close to the midterms. They cannot have these midterms. They know they're going to get their asses handed to them in the midterms. Oh, but, yeah. But Which if they piss off, but if they piss off the conservatives and the, uh, the two way people a lot and, and they start taking to the street with guns, what does the government have a right to do? They have a right to shut it down, enact martial law, martial law stops elections. So think about that. The other yeah. thing is, and I don't know if it was you or if it was Joel. It was Joel that said he doesn't vote, right? Yeah, yeah, he doesn't vote. Yeah, yeah. So so I say don't fall into that trap either. You got to get out. You got to vote. No matter how you feel about it, if you don't feel that your vote matters, doesn't matter. Take the time, it's your civic duty, go fucking vote. Yeah, right? because you're going to for if you if you don't vote, you're forfeiting and you're going to lose anyway. So you might well, as well get out there catalyst. and vote. This is catalyst. This is also what they want you to do is not vote. Well, it's the whole trust the plan QAnon horse shit. Sit back and just let the white hats do their job. You don't need to vote. Yeah. So get out there and vote. Don't think about an armed uprising because this is just going to, it's just going to destroy what conservatives stand for. If we do, if, if we do that, we're just going to play into their hand and make us look like exactly what they're already telling people we are. Oh, exactly. And that's why I like your view, Ron, because I think that you uh, you support Trump, but I think that you're still cautious. I think that you're still oh, yeah. like aware that anything can happen. And that's all I ask for people. I think that, like you said, you can't be 100 percent on anything, but I do agree with the voting. That's why I, I personally vote for third party, because I think the two party system, I feel like one day if everybody because everybody always tells me, oh, you know, they're never going to win. I'm like, well, if we all vote for them, they will win. Like yeah. It's yeah. just that we have this mindset of it can't happen. Right. No, I agree. Yeah, and they are definitely trying to make us villainized with the with this whole news talking point. Because mm -hmm. I'm on those cue boards. I'm I'm on the Telegram where all the cue people are, and I and I pay attention to what they're saying. I don't see anyone calling for civil war. Not one of them. And they were using the term "locked and loaded" as as that was what people are saying for civil war. I no, say that all the time. <laughs> locked and loaded means ready. Be ready for anything. Be ready for anything. If they're coming after a pre, in my opinion, a sitting president, because fuck joe biden that's not even that's an actor <laughs> from fucking england anyway anyways uh yeah i'll go off on a rant um, anything just one thing real quick catalyst there is a difference between a civil war and a revolution yes yeah. and that's what people are forgetting too yeah uh sean i love you brother you are the best wingman ever so uh why don't you plug your shit and tell everybody where they can find you and what's going on Kill the Mockingbirds on all platforms. Uh, Operation Kill the Mockingbirds on Instagram and Kill the Mockingbirds on Telegram. And check out the music, Sean Chris, Joel Thomas, Quan Duke, and uh, Van Tesla. Dope. Ron, awesome. you did not disappoint at all. And I can't wait to have you back on. And we'll dive into some more political shit because you are a wealth of knowledge. 
you know, I, I do know a lot about politics. Like I've been voting since I was 18. I voted for Ronald Reagan was the first president I ever voted for. That's awesome. That's who uh, but I president. have my strong views on it. I do have my strong views. Now, listen, I voted for Democrats in the past, too. So, hey, I admit it. Full disclosure. I voted for uh, Obama in his second term. Yeah, me you too. Know? Yeah. So uh, but anyways, yeah. So I'm Ron from New England. You can find me on Instagram at Ron from New England. You can find me at, on True Social at Ron from New England. Come and check us out on Telegram. We got the Wicked Planet podcast chat page. Come and join the page. No problem. We're welcome to have you. Uh, if you want to email us, you can email us at the Wicked Planet podcast at gmail.com. And the Wicked Planet podcast, we come out about once a week. Sometimes we do some bonus shows. If there's a lot going on, I like to do a bonus show because I like to jump on it first, which is what I did earlier this week with the Mar-a-Lago uh, raid show, which is doing very well. I just want to thank you guys for having me on. Uh, I've been following the old white rabbit there for a while. Nice. Now, so, so I got hooked up, uh, got hooked up with Sean and Joel. So that's really cool. I uh, really enjoy doing stuff with them. And I, and I hope to come back soon uh, and visit you guys. And, and we can go a little bit deeper on some more stuff. Yes, I absolutely. Think, you know, and I apologize if I got off topic on a few things, uh, talking about the dreams and stuff, but I really enjoy those conversations. No, me too. And that's what white rabbit is all about. We like to dive down every hole that possible and, and, uh, make people question everything. I want people to walk away from this and say, holy fuck, what, what am I? What, what's going on here? <laughs> hey, listen, Ron from New England is just not about politics. Like I can go on a lot of subjects because I am just, I don't know. I just, I love this stuff. Awesome, but, man. Well, yeah. we're definitely going to have you back on uh, probably more than once. And uh, yeah, everybody, anytime. you guys, you guys know where you can find me. I'm a white rabbit on Insta, everything white rabbit. Uh, so go check us out. And everybody, thank you for listening and keep digging down those rabbit holes.
Say yeah.